Now, uh, the federal treasurer has rung and said he wants to have a yarn uh, with me. We're not going to get too heavy here. But let me just tell you about Josh Frydenberg. He's been the treasurer, as you know. Most people know him as the treasurer, deputy leader of the Liberal Party since August 2018. And he represents the seat of Kuyong since August 2010. Kuyong, of course, the seat by Sir Robert Menzies and Andrew Peacock. He's immensely well-credentialed academically. He's got honours degrees in both economics and law at Monash University, which included the presidency of the Law Students Society. He then worked at Mallison's Stephen Jakes, a large Australian commercial law firm, but he subsequently attended University College Oxford to study for a master's degree in international relations in 1998. He also gained a master's degree in public administration from the John F. Kennedy School of Government at Harvard University. However, he said last night to me, can we forget all that a bit? He said, we should talk about being a tennis player. He and I both have blues from Oxford University in tennis. Josh was one hell of a player. He Intended, I think I'm right in saying, to drop out of high school to pursue a career in tennis. But after graduating from high school, he took a gap year and played tennis full time on the circuit in Australia and in Europe, playing against people like Mark Philippoussis and Pat Rafter and represented Australia at two World University Games. So Treasurer is on the line as tennis player. University Blue, we've got a little bit in common. Good morning to you. Good morning, Alan. <laughs> Lovely to be with you and uh, obviously on a very important week at the end of your formal career. Not at all. Listen, were you any good? Uh, my ambitions were far greater than my talents. I was a young kid uh, who thought big, dreamed big, uh, got a chance to, to chase that dream, but obviously uh, wasn't good enough at the end of the day. But you're on the honour board there at, at Kuyong, uh, the, the, which is the famous theatre of Australian tennis, the home of Lou Hode, Ken Rosewell and everybody else. And so the, the members, you were the champion of the Kuyong Club. Yeah, that is something I'm proud of. It's a great club and, as you know, uh, so many grass courts uh, as well as the hard courts and what we call down in Victoria the Ontukar. Ontukar, um, yep. Exactly. French and championships on Chukar. Mm. Absolutely. And uh, it's a great club and I'm proud to proud to be a member and proud to be on the honour board alongside Paul McNamee, Neil Fraser and other greats. You're absolutely right. You walk in the door and there's the honour board and there's Jay, Jay Frydenberg. Uh, member for Kuyong, uh, we both can tell several stories about Andrew Peacock. Um, you've got a good one. Oh, well, look, Andrew uh, has been a good friend and somebody... Uh, who held the seat uh, for a remarkable 28 years. He obviously succeeded Sir Robert Menzies, who held the seat for 32 years. And when Andrew took the seat, um, uh, Sir Robert Menzies launched his campaign, I understand, and when I uh, was uh, running for my first election, uh, Andrew was very kind to come and launch my campaign. And he said to the assembled group, he said, Josh, if you're lucky enough to get elected by the people of Kuyong, before you deliver your first speech in Parliament, please send it across to him for approval. A bit like Sir Robert Menzies had said to him. And I said, well, Andrew, what happened? And he said, I sent across the speech to Sir Robert. And not long after the phone rang, I said, hello. And he said, Sir Robert here. And Andrew said, did you get a copy of the speech? And Sir Robert said, yes, I did. And Andrew said, well, what did you think of the speech? And Sir Robert said, it's too long. So Andrew asked the obvious question, well, what should I do, Sir Robert? And Sir Robert said, 
cut it in half. <laughs> to which Andrew asked the next obvious question, well, which half? And Sir Robert said, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's a good line, isn't it? <laughs> yes, cut it in half. And it, use only one half and it doesn't matter which half. Amazing stuff. I'm going to ask you just one one political question and I'll let, I'll let you go. It, uh, who was better, Rod Laver or Roger Federer? Is that your question? No. Now, look, that's a very good question, and I'm surprised at the question from you because (laughs) Rodney, Rodney, unbelievable. But hang on, why don't we ever? Why why don't we ever talk about Nadal? Now, Now, Rafa has played Roger. I think the total is about uh, 40 times or something. And Rafa's got an unbelievable record of wins over Roger, but he's never mentioned in that context. When you know someone's won 12 French championships, 12. Oh, well, he's by far the best clay court player the, the world's ever seen. Well, he's won Wimbledon too, you know. No, they're both won. wonderful players, aren't they? They're wonderful. They are. But, I mean, when you consider Rod Laver, the Rocket from Rockhampton, winning two Grand Slams mm. uh, in 62 and 69, and you'll remember he went pro. Uh, yeah, so he's banned from 28. He's banned from 28 Grand Slam tournaments. But, yeah, but Kenny, exactly. Kenny Rosewall won eight, but he was banned from 44. And Kenny well, may well have won more than half of those, which would put him today on 30 Grand Slams. Well, our, our mutual friend John Alexander thinks Kenny Rosewell was certainly up there as one yeah. of the greats. Here we are. Nadal, Federer, 24-16. They played 40 times. Rafa's won 24. Rogers won 16. Now, look, I just want to ask you one thing. We could talk tennis all day, which is a wonderful. <laughs> just just this JobKeeper thing, just yeah. for some sort of clarification. The, the JobKeeper legislation says, we're not going to get heavy here, but it just says the commissioner must not pay an amount by way of a JobKeeper payment after September 30, 2021. So the first part of the legislation says JobKeeper ends September 27, 2020, but is the absolute time limit 12 months later? Now, the first deadline is four months away. What if a million or two families are still relying on JobKeeper and mortgage deferrals on September 27 because their employer may be, for example, tied up with football crowds or the Sydney airport or airlines and they're not open or a tourist destination and they can't pay their worker. And if JobKeeper ends, do they go to JobSeeker? And what are your thoughts about to what extent this will go to September 30, 2021? I hope that's not too heavy a question. Well, well, it's not going to be going uh, to that period because it legislated for six months. And as you know, we need to ensure that the program uh, provides the support and helps build that bridge to the recovery phase. But you're also right to say that there, there will be uh, parts of the economy that will recover more fastly, faster than others. And that will depend to some extent... Uh, on what are the health restrictions in place. And tourism is one sector, for example, that we've highlighted that as long as those international borders are closed, Alan, it's going to be hard for those businesses in that sector and they may need some additional support. So we're not looking uh, to to ensure that the JobKeeper program goes to the end of 2021. The program is legislated for six months till till the end of September. Okay, good on you. Keep walking through that. Goes Gates at Kuyong and remember that you're part of a very special history. We'll talk again soon, eh? All the best, Josh. All the best to you and you've certainly angered your critics, you've excited your your listeners and you've certainly entertained millions of Australians over many years. So well done. Thank you, Josh. There is Josh Frydenberg.